All right. Good evening. Hope all of you are doing well. We are learning Seches um, Ksubis. We're on. Uh, we're two thirds of the way down on Nunvav Amid Aleph. We'll be learning all of Nunvav and Nun Zayin Amid Aleph down to that Mishnah, and then tomorrow night, Emir Tzashem, we'll be learning the rest of Nun Zayin and Nun Ches, and then Friday morning we will be learning Shabbos's Blot, and then we're caught up through up until Sunday night, up until but not including Sunday night. So we're two thirds of the way down, 10 lines or so, eight lines into the wide lines on Nunvava Aleph, And there we're quoting a line from our Mishnah. Our Mishnah had said that in the name of Rabbi Yehuda, he says, Omer Ratza Kosev Lebesula, that one is able to write a lesser amount for his wife-to-be, that had she been a Basula, instead of writing 200, he could write uh, 200 and she can say, I already got 100, meaning she can write off part of part of the potential proceeds, and that's considered mutter. So says the Gemara, an implication from our Mishnah, <coughs> the Sabah Rebbe Yehuda, the, Ko, the Koswin Shobar, is Rebbe Yehuda of the opinion that when there's an existing star, <clears throat> that we, he would then also write a receipt. After all, we're concerned about that. Let's say that a person, a person borrowed money and he only pays back part of the hope that he owed. He owed $100, but he only paid back 50 So what do we do in regards to the original star? Rabbi Huda says, uh, Rabbi Huda Omer Yachlif, you have to tear up the original star and rewrite a new star. We don't give one new receipt to the person who gave money because what we're afraid of is that the person who was holding the original star, it still says he that the that the, he lent out a hundred, even though the guy paid back fifty. So we don't want to have any documents that are inaccurate because it can cause for incorrect collections. So Rabbi Yehuda is of the opinion of Yachlif. We don't write a shover. We don't write receipts. We rewrite the star altogether. Rabbi Yossi Omer Yichtov Lo Shover. Rabbi Yossi argues that you can write a shover a receipt. So therefore, we have a question that our Mishnah implies that there is. Kosvin Shover, that you can write a, a, a Shover in the name of Rebbe Huda, but the new Mishnah that we just brought right here, and this is a Mishnah from Maseches Baba Basra, this Mishnah indicates that Rebbe Huda is not of the opinion, Rebbe Huda is of the opinion that you're not allowed to write a Shover. So how do we answer this question? Two answers. Rebbe Yirmiya says that the way we solve this contradiction in Rebbe Huda is that maybe the uh, Shovar is written within the receipt. So let's say you have one within the star. So you have one piece of paper and it says, you know, my name is, uh, my name is Chaim and I lent uh, Shmuel a hundred dollars. Okay. And then uh, I paid back 50. So then we scratch it out on the document and say paid $50, uh, only $50 remaining. So let's just write it on the same star. And then the concern that Rabbi Yehuda has in the Mishnah from Baba Basra is no longer a concern because all of the information lives within one star. So that's one possibility. Abaye doesn't, doesn't accept this answer. Abaye Omar, no, it's not really black and white in regards to whether or not Rabbi Huda categorically rejects writing a shover. Let's see what happens. We could even have a case scenario in our, in our uh, Mishnah with, in regards to Aksuba, where he is not going to write the shovar within the star. It's going to be a separate document. Now, Bishlam Ahasam, over there in the case from Baba Basra, Vadai Pare, over 
over there, we know that there was some payment that was definitely made. And our concern over there was Dilma Mirkas Tvarta. Maybe he'll lose the, the shovar, he'll lose the receipt. And then the star will be found, the original star that says he still owes a hundred. And then there will be another opportunity for the person to collect. And that would be forbidden because he's double dipping with a star. But Hacha, in regards to the Ksuba, Vada Yohavla Milsa, was anything actually ever given to her? Nothing was given to her, yet they're still married. All she said is, I know in theory you'll owe me 200 down the road. What I'm telling you is I'm okay with 100. And Inatre Natre, if he keeps the star, great. And Ilo Natre, he's the guy who hold on to your star. Hold on to your star. So therefore, Abaye does allow under certain circumstances to have a shovar, and under other circumstances, he does not. So says the Gemara, Taima, it seems to be that the reason why our Mishnah functions the way that it does is because the kosvale. The reason why Rabbi Huda in our Mishnah says that if the wife agrees to have a lesser payment, she can write off part of it. The reason why that works is because the kosvale. Aval, what's the inference? Alpe lo. Had she said simply verbally, I hereby forego 100 of my 200 zoos, it's implied that that doesn't work. So let's analyze whether or not a verbal commitment, her verbal write-off of the of part of her ksuba, whether or not that actually counts. Says the Gemara, Amai, why would we assume that Alped does not work? After all, it's Dabr Shebem Mamonhu. And we've learned already that when it comes to when it comes to things that are related to monetary matters, the verbal commitment, the verbal writing off of that amount of money does work against the implication of our Gemara. And where do we see this? We see this in a Brisa. Titania. First, let's learn Rabbi Meir's opinion, and then we'll get to our sheet of Rabbi Huda. Haomer Isha. A man says to a woman, Hareat mikudeshesli, I hereby would like to be married to you. He says, we're married, but I have no, we're married on the condition that I don't have to fulfill We learned about is food, is clothing, and ona is the halachic obligations for intimacy from a husband to a wife. The halacha is, in this case, first of all, the kedushin is chal, and second of all, utno batel. Well, you can't you you can't take a pasuk in chumash and violate it and use it as a t'nai in your kedushin. You can't say we're married on the condition that you kill. No, you you can't violate halacha like that. It doesn't work. So not only are you mekudash, not only are you married, but you're still chayiv in your ridiculous t'nai that you thought you were getting out of. You're still chayiv in feeding her. You're still chayiv in giving her clothing. You're still chayiv to be to be uh, available for intimacy. What? What happens if she makes one? has nothing to do with this. This is just a question of a husband's burdens to his wife. What is his halachic burden? Doesn't change. He still has an obligation to feed her. As long as as long as her salary goes to him, then he has an obligation to feed her. Things would change if, in fact, she literally didn't give her his money. That's a little different. But either way, these things are still halachic obligations. Anyways, that's Rav Meir. What the shita we need is the next part of the b'risa. Five lines from the bottom on Nunvaba Medalev, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Rabbi Yehuda is of the opinion, Bidavar Shebimamon, of the three items in the Pasuk of Ksher, She'er, Ksus, Ve'ona, the halacha is that that which is related to finances, to Na'okayim, he's married, and his tnai is mekuyam. He does not have to give her clothing, and he does not have to feed her. Tanai kayam. 
Just ona would be the obligation. So what do we see over here? We see that there is a, that 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 the words count. What did he say? He said a phrase. That I don't have to keep these things. And what does Rabbi Huda say? It works. Therefore, we see that verbal commitments work. Oh, so that's a great question. So therefore, says the Gemara, um, the reason why over here by the Ksuba, why Rabbi Huda is of the opinion that she, um, what was going on in this Gemara here, why she doesn't, why the verbal commitment doesn't work, says the Gemara, is because Aksuba is derabanon. And then we have to get into this principle, that the Chachamim, we had more strict rules by their own din, by dine derabanon, than by dine deoraisa. Therefore, by Aksuba, a woman is not allowed to verbally write off part of her uh, her Aksuba. Because that's derabanan, ksuba is derabanan. However, when it comes to dine d'oraisa, it does in fact work. Says the Gemara, that's not true. And I'm going to bring you two examples as to why that's not true. What's not true? It's not true that the Chachamim are always mechazik themselves, are mechazik divrehim, but dine derabanan. Here's a great example. Hare peros derabanan. Peros, <laughs> here referencing the nichsein malug. They're going to be the donation, the dowry that a, that a father-in-law would give to his daughter so that it can be a part of the marriage, those are derabanon. And the rabbis were not very strict in regards to peros, which are derabanon. It's not, two lines from the bottom. What does that mean that the rabbis were not uh, giving a chizuk to their divrehem, that they were not stronger or more strict by a din derabanon? It's not. The Mishnah writes, Rabbi Huda Omer, la'olam hu ochel pere peros, he's allowed to eat, the um the fruits of the trees that he's given ad sheyichtov until he writes law the following he writes to her the following dinu dvarim the halacha should be by me ein li benichsayich ubeferosein ubeperos perosein adolam nothing I get nothing of yours the kaimalan how did we understand that mishnah how did we understand that mishnah the gemara says on the top of nunvavam mebeis the kaimalan that in this particular context my kosev what does it mean that something is written it means omer that it was even verbally said. And what do we see? That that's a din de Rabbanon. And we see that uh, that it didn't work. That he's still going to be fully obligated until he actually says something. So therefore, where we see a breaking of the rule here. Because we see that we're not being strict here by the din de Rabbanon of Peros. So Amar Abaye lechol yesh ksuba. Everybody has a ksuba v'lo lechol yesh Peros. So we have to make our rules make sense. Milsa deshchicha, like a ksuba, something that's very common of the Rabbanon Chizuk. There, where we have a din de Rabbanon, asu chachamim chizuk medivrehem, and they were strict all the way to the nth degree. And therefore, therefore by ksuba, because it's milsa deshchicha, so by ksuba, therefore, asu chizuk medivrehem, and therefore the verbal reduction in the cost of the ksuba that a woman agrees to is not is not going to work. But milsa de lo shchicha, albeit midi Rabbanon, but it's an uncommon experience, lo avdu barabbanon chizuk. So therefore, our, our line still holds true, that we are saying that there's a dinder Rabbanon, and when there's a dinder Rabbanon, asu chizuk divrehem, and therefore by a we do not trust a woman's verbal writing off of the volume of her ksuba. The Gemara asks yet another question, we have a case of uh, of donkey drivers, these are merchants, they're very common, and we just basically built a formula. If you have a dinder Rabbanon, and it's shchiach, then it should also be asu chizuk divrehem. This case of the chamarim is derabanan. It's shchiach, it's commonplace, yet it's not asu chizuk divrehem. How so? It's not. 
Five lines down, Nun Bava Midbeis. The Mishnah writes, Hachamarim Shenich Nesul you have uh, a couple of people traveling together as chamarim. The Omar Echad Mehem. We learned this in another Masechta. Where did we learn this? Here. Wow. Chavtalit. Okay. Feels like a long time ago. What was that case? These people are traveling together. One person says, Sheli Chadash, Bashel Chaveri Yash. And my grains are new. They're still not dried out yet. You shouldn't buy from me. You should buy from your friend. Sheli Eno Mesukan, Shel Chaveri Mesukan. Mine, they haven't been tithed yet. My friends, they have been tithed. So you should shop from him. And really, what they were doing, it was just a trick. They kind of built some Ne'emunas to say, don't shop by me, shop by him. And then in the next city, they would flip and reverse and they would basically support each other in regards to their, their <laughs> advertising of the other person. What does the Tanakhama say? A Ne'emunim. They're not trusted. What does Rabbi Huda say? Omer, Ne'emunim. We do trust them. So what do we see over here? We're not being strict by a Dinder Abonan. And it's Shchiach. So says the Gemara, Omer Abaye, it depends. When there's a Vadai de Divrehem, when there's a Dinder Abonan, that's a Vadai, which is that we owe this woman money based on the Shtar of Rksuba of the Rabbanan Chizuk. Suffolk de Divrehem lo of the Rabbanan Chizuk. But when there's a Suffolk of what's going on, we don't know exactly what the motivations are of these donkey uh, drivers, of these merchants. So therefore, in that case, lo of the Rabbanan Chizuk. In conclusion, uh, I mean, we have one more sheet to learn, but this, this track in the Gemara basically paints the following picture. Why is it that we're strict by Aksuba that her verbal writing off of 100 of her 200 zoos doesn't work? So the Gemara says that when do we apply the rule that the Chacham Asu Chizuk Divrehem, that's when it's a Dindir when it's Shchiach, and when it's a vadai. So that's their formula. Under those three circumstances, with those three criteria, then asu chizuk ledivrehem. And Rava gives a little bit of a different answer, more of a, of a Nukimta type of answer. Rava Omar, no, but hikilu. This isn't really entering the sugya about asu chizuk ledivrehem. It's just we're talking about demai. And when it comes to demai, we were more mekel. And you cannot ask this question against the ksuba because this question is talking about demai. Fine. Now, Rav Meir in our Mishnah, where we're a quarter of the way down, almost a third of the way down on Nun Vava Medbez, Rav Meir Omar Kol HaPoches, remember this Gemara that said our Mishnah, that said in the name of Rav Meir, that any man who tries to give his wife a ksuba of less than 200 zuz, then the Gemara compared it to, it was tantamount to Be'ilas Znus. It's not actually Znus, but it has an appearance of Znus. Why? Because what's the whole point of a ksuba? The whole point of Aksuba is to protect a woman for her husband flippantly divorcing her. So we put a financial burden on the husband to say, you can't uh, just walk away from this woman. You have to pay. What if she's missing her Aksuba? You should not be intimate. That's what the Gemara speak, our Mishnah is speaking about. Says the Gemara, kol and seemingly, <laughs> even if it's only in trying to make, <clears throat> to make it conditional, even only in the planning phase, Alma, what do we see? Kasavar Tanao Batel, that if a husband simply intends to reduce the ksuba from 200 to 100, or for an almana from 100 to 50, not only is that Tanai Batel, but Ve'isla, she gets the full, she gets the full money. Once he says to his Basula wife, you only have 100 zoos, lo, some chadaita. She no longer feels comfortable or confident that he's actually going to support her. And then because of that logic, the concern is that because she no longer feels confident in, in her husband's commitment to her. Remember the whole rationale for the ksuba. The reason why the chachamim were masaki and the ksuba was to protect a woman. She doesn't feel protected now because she's afraid that her husband's trying, trying to divorce her for cheap. 
So once, Reb Meir says, once we lower that amount of money, once we even try to lower that amount, you cannot be intimate. And that's why we're very makbed that without a ksuba, a couple should not be intimate. You should find your ksuba, rewrite it if you need to with new edim, etc. Says the Gemara, wait one second. The Hashaminon lay the Reb Meir. We've already learned about Reb Meir on the previous page. What did Reb Meir say on the previous page to Amar? That anyone who tries to make a condition on that which is Kasu Batora, the halacha is to know Batel. Says the, the Gemara, but I don't understand. How can you say that Tanai would be Batel over here? Rav Meir says that Tanai is Batel Bidine Doraisa. But ha, Bidirabanan to know Kaya. Over here, we're saying by Adin Dirabanan that the Tanai is camp doesn't even make any sense. Says the Gemara, and this is a wild cheetah, Kasava Rav Meir Kasuba Doraisa. We don't pass in this way. But Rav Meir was of the opinion that a ksuba is a chiyuv de oraisa, mitzvah de oraisa, whatever the right language is, is that there, it's obligatory upon a couple to have a ksuba mit de oraisa. We know from other shitas from earlier today and from other times in this masechta that many hold that the ksuba is only a din We're at the two dots halfway down on Nunvava Mudbeis. Let's continue. Tanya, we had just learned about Rav Meir. Now we're going to see a brisa that is a corollary to our Mishnah in regards to Rav Meir. Tanya, Rav Meir, Omer, anyone who reduces the cost of the ksuba for a basula from, from 200 to anything lower, or from a woman who's a be'ula, she's already been married, and you try to reduce her, her ksuba from 100 to anything less, as we already saw. That aligns with our Mishnah. Now our Gemara adds in Nushitas. Rabbi Yossi Omer Rishoy, Wow. Rabbi Yossi says it's actually mutter to lower her ksuba. It doesn't matter. No problem at all. Rabbi Yehuda is the third shita. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Ratza kosev lebesula star shel masayim. If you want, you can write a, a, for the besula a star of masayim, a ksuba of 200. And she can write back, he's kabalti mana. I've already received 100, really just writing off 100. She's allowed to lower it. And as well, Ula Almana Mana, Vihiko Sebas Lohis Kabalti Mimechamishimzu. So this Brisa quotes three Shitas, the Shita of Rav Meir, that you're never allowed to reduce the minimum values of Aksuba, 200 for a Basula, 100 for a Baula. The Shita of Rav Yossi, that it's perfectly permissible to uh, reduce these prices. And then the Shita of Rav Yehuda, that she is allowed to write it off, but he is not allowed to write it off. Asks the Gemara two thirds of the way down. Does Rav Yossi really hold that one is allowed to minimize the, val the value of a ksuba? After all, says the Gemara, we have a source in the Tanayim that argues with what we just learned. How can Rav Yossi say Rishoy? After all, the Tanakama in this Brisa writes that we're not allowed to pay a woman through uh, her ksuba from metaltalin from uh, literally portable products, uh, products that don't have achrayas, because because the prices fluctuate so much, it's not fair. She's going to end up getting shafted. It's not fair. Says Rabbi Yossi, seemingly explaining the Tanakama, What are our concerns about tikkun olam? The, the prices aren't fixed in regards to metaltalin, and we're afraid that the prices are going to get reduced in a way that's unfair. So first, the Gemara just asks a side question. Tanakama nami enos in kamar. It seems like the Tanakama and Rabiosi are saying the same thing. The Tanakama said enosin, and Rabiosi says, "How could you?" Elalav, it must be that the machlokes in this brisa between Rabiosi and Reb. Um, sorry, 
between Rabbi Yossi and the Tanakama is as follows. When is it that we have a problem of Enos and that we're not allowed to use metaltolin? That's true. And the husband doesn't accept Achrayas upon the uh, these items to pay back. But if the husband says, look, no matter what happens with the market, you're able to collect an equivalent of 200 zoos from the day of the contract. Osin, then we do allow it. And how does Rabbi Yossi argue with the Tanakama? Five lines, six lines from the bottom. Even if he accepts upon himself Achrais, I don't understand, says the Gemara. At the end of the day, the market is still the market. So says the Gemara, Rabbi Yossi clearly was more strict than the Tanakama. And now, here is the question of the Gemara based on this. Hashda, now, Uma Hasam in regards to this case of Metaltalim, the Dilma Pachse, where we're not even sure that it's going to happen. It's only a possibility that there will be a reduction in the cost of the market with Metaltalim. There, Rabbi Yossi was Chayish, Chayish Rabbi Yossi. Hacha, in regards to our case of the Ksuba, where a man says, I'm not giving you 200, I'm giving you 100. There, divide like If in a case of suffake, Rabbi doesn't allow us to reduce the costs for the woman, for sure when it's a vadai, of course he wouldn't let it. So how can Rabbi say that it's Rishoy, that we're allowed to lower the price of her ksuba? The Gemara responds two lines from the bottom. You've just compared an apple and an orange and it doesn't work. Hachi hashta. These two things cannot live in the same world. Over there, in regards to the metaltalin, she had no foreknowledge of what the market was going to do. She had no idea the metaltalin would reduce their value, would lower in their value. And therefore, how could she be mechil? How could she be mocheles? It's not even possible. She doesn't know what's going to happen. Over here by Arksuba, where he says out loud, I'd like to pay you less than 200. Here, Yodai, now she knows about it, become machlan. She's able to do this on her own. And says the Gemara, a quick story, starting on the very bottom line of Nun Vav Beis. The Gemara says, The sister of Rami Barchama, Havas Nesivala Rav Avia, was married to the uh, was married to Rav Avia. On the top of Nun Zayin Amaralef, they had a big halachic issue, Irkas Ksubasa, Rashi, Shtar Ksubasa. She lost her Ksuba. This is one of those times you have to look at Rashi and be like, Shtar Ksubasa, like, what are you... Huh? What are you doing? <laughs> Why is Rashi adding in the Shtar Ksubasa? All it says is Irkas Ksubasa. And from the flow of the Gemara, it becomes crystal clear that she lost her Shtar Ksubasa. She's very, I don't know the answer. I'm just raising the question. Strange Rashi. Anyways, the Gemara says they lost their Ksuba. So they went to go ask a Shiloh. We can't be intimate. What are we supposed to do? So says the Gemara, Asul the comment to Rav Yosef. They went in front of Rav Yosef and Rav Yosef says, Omar Lahu, he says to them, you guys know exactly what this is. This is Rav Meir. What did we say about Rav Meir in the previous page? We said about Rav Meir that a couple is not allowed to be together, that a husband, it's Be'ila Znus if they're together, at least conceptually, it's considered Be'ila Znus. Why? Because she doesn't feel secure in the marriage because there's no Ksuba. You lost your Ksuba. She doesn't feel secure. You can't be together. That's Shita's Mayor. Aval Rabbi Yosef adds, Chachamim Omrim, Mashadam is Ishto Shaim Shalashanim below Ksuba. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's not best. Remember, we learned in the Mishnah that even if he doesn't even write a Ksuba, he still has to pay 200 zoos. So maybe the Chachamim are saying, okay, it's fine. You can be together. Don't get a new Ksuba. Amar hold on one second. You can't hold like the Chachamim and say they don't need to get a new Ksuba. After all, Amar Rav Nachman, Amar Shmuel, Halacha, Kirav Meir, Big Zerosa. Where Rav Meir 
took a din de oraisa and was more machmir than the din de oraisa, we always pass him like a mayor. So you can't tell me she doesn't need a nuksuba. Therefore, halacha lemaisa, you need a nuksuba. Yihachi says the Gemara, zil kasubla. That's how we paskin in Shulchan Aruch. We paskin in Shulchan Aruch based on this, that if a star ksuba is lost, a couple is not allowed to be intimate until it's found. And that's why people should keep them in a place. It doesn't have to be in their house. It just has to be in a place that she has access to because if God forbid she needs it, then she needs it. And then we, we want to make sure that she gets paid back because that's her mayor's whole concern. These next 20 lines of Gemara until the Mishnah is a uh, a conversation about whether or not this machlokas that we just learned about in this brisa, this three-way machlokas, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, and the Tanakam, and Rabbi Meir, uh, where it applies. So it says the Gemara, there's going to be a couple of different approaches. The Gemara says, uh, six lines down in Nunzayin Amad Aleph, Ki Asa Ravdimi, Amar of Shimon Ben Pazi, Amar of Yeshua Ben Levi, Mishum Bar Kapara, Machlokes Betchila. The only time there's a Machlokes of whether or not a husband is allowed to reduce the salary, the Ksuba of his wife, that's only true Betchila in the beginning. We don't yet know what the beginning is. We'll see in the Gemara in a moment. Aval Besof, but seemingly everyone agrees. Reb Meir, Reb Yehuda, and Rabiosi, everyone seems to agree. Everyone seems to agree that at that point she's not allowed to be mocheles. She has to. She's, she's not allowed to reduce her own ksuba. Rav Yochanan, seemingly going against Rav Yoshua ben Levi, Rav Yochanan Amar bein bezu uvein bezu. Whether it's tchila or sof, machlokes is the same. Now, Amar Rabbi Abo, Rabbi Abo says as follows: Mifrashali mined Rav Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan said to me the following. Ana, I, Rev Yochanan, Rev Yoshua ben Levi, which seems to be a machlokas, really lo palgin on a hadade. We're actually not arguing with one another about wh- whether or not there's a machlokas at Tchil of a sof. Why? Because my betchila took Amar Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi. When Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi said that there's a machlokas between these three tanaim in regards to the Tchila, what was he talking about? Tchilas chupa. The beginning of the chuppah. Umay sof. <clears throat> what did he mean that by the sof, by the time they were, they had already consummated their marriage, that she could not reduce her ksuba, she could not be mochelas. That was talking about Sophia. And Rabbi Yochanan continues, When I said that the machlokas is really in the beginning and in the end, I was talking about a different tchila and a different sof. What was I talking about? Tchilas chuppah, that was actually the same. The sof chuppah, the end of the chuppah. And what's the end of the chuppah? That's really the tchilas bia. We presume that at the end of the chuppah, that timing aligns with the beginning of bia. So therefore, there's really no machlokas between Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi and Rabbi Yochanan. <clears throat> now, all of that was said in the name of Rav Dimi. But then the Gemara says, five lines into the wide lines, Ki asa ravin, Amar of Shimon ben Pazi, Amar of Yeshua ben Levi. They said in the name of, of Levi, and they said in the name of Bar Kapara, Mishum Bar Kapara, really... It's different. It's that we said the machlokas was in the beginning. It's not true. Machlokas the besof. This whole story is taught about the sof. That really the machlokas is on a later part of their marriage as to when, whether or not these tanoim would allow her to be mocheles on her ksuba. Aval betchila mocheles. But everyone agrees that at the beginning of her marriage she's allowed to accept a reduced rate for her star for her ksuba. Why not? Totally up to her. The Rav Yochanan Omar. Here's this is all version two. Rav Yochanan Omar bein bezu uvein bezu machlokas. Really, he says the machlokas in the tanoim is true both in the seifa, both at the sof and at the tchila. And then says the Gemara similarly. Amar Rabbi Abo ledidi mifrashali mined Rav Yochanan. 
Then Rabbi Abo says in his second version of this story, he says, I heard directly from Rabbi Yochanan, Da'an of Rabbi Yeshua, Ben Levi, Lo Palgino, Nahadane. And he says, Rabbi Yochanan says, really, he and I are not arguing at all. My Levisof, Da'am of Rabbi Yoshua Ben Levi, when Rabbi Yoshua Ben Levi said that there's a machlokas between these Tanoim only in the Sof, what was Rabbi Yoshua Ben Levi talking about? Sof Chopa, Umay Tchila, Tchila Chopa. And uh, when I, Rabbi Yochanan, said that there was a machlokas, both Tchila and Sof, that was talking about Tchilas Bia v'Sof Bia. And Tchilas Bia is Sof Chupa, which is the same exact thing that Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi said. So there's no machlokas between them. And the Gemara concludes with um, a hashkafic outlook and how to best understand these kinds of machlokas. The Gemara says halfway down the page, Amar of Papa, he loved Amar Rabbi Abahu. If Rabbi Abahu had not said, "Quote, lididi mifrash shaliminet Rabbi Yochanan to honor Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi lo palgino nahadade," if Rabbi if Rabbi Abahu had not said that I directly heard from Rabbi Yochanan that I. Quote, I, Rav Yochanan, and Rav Yoshua are not arguing. Havamina, I would have definitely thought that Rav Yochanan and Rav Yoshua ben Levi pligi. And I would have thought that Rav Dimi v'Rabin lo pligi, that the two people who came from Eretz Yisrael to Babel, that they were not arguing. My sof to Ka'amar Rabin, at the end of the day, what was the sof that Ravin could have said? Sof chupa. Umay t'chila to Ka'amar Rav Dimi t'chila I could have easily understood that Rav Dimi and Ravin were not arguing. And therefore, I needed Rabbi Abo to explain to me, my Kamashman, what, says the Gemara, was Rapapa trying to teach us with this line? And the Gemara teaches us a general um, approach to answering questions about Machlokas. We have preferential, um, we, have a, we have a preference for how to solve Machlokos. And says the Gemara as follows, it's better to establish a machlokas with two amorai stating their own opinions. And it would have been better, says Rav Papa. Again, it's not this way because Rabbi Abo heard from Rabbi Yochanan directly. But where we have a choice, it's better to say that, for example, in this case, Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi are arguing than it is to say that Ravin uh, that Ravin and Rebbe Avin are arguing about their Rebbe. We would rather not have a broken Masora in regards to one Rebbe. So if I have a, a double level Machlokas like we have here, potentially a double level Machlokas, I'd rather have Abai and Rava argue with each other than say that uh, person X didn't understand their Rebbe properly. We'll stop right here at this Mishnah. Tomorrow night we'll learn a blot and a half as well. Wishing you all a beautiful night.